Welcome back to the After Hours Adventures podcast. I'm your eternal dungeon master that is sober this week, kind of. Um, Jonathan Eugene Yan, joined once more by my party of players that are trying to adopt a goddamn puppy. Uh, first we have... Eric McGill, and very, very excited to have a familiar join the group. Join the crew. Okay, okay, it's, it's not, not a familiar, familiar though. A familiar is a different thing in D&D. I'm familiar with it. Are you guys familiar with it? <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> Next we have... Hi guys, it's Michelle. I'm also very psyched to have a new pet join us. God damn it. Can't wait for him to become massive and just do our biddings. It fights. I don't even think that's allowed by the DM, but that'd be really cool to see. I feel like you guys are trying to get like Clifford on your side. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. All right, and lastly we have Kylie Gibson. I just want to say I'm not sure how I feel about this pet. I think the DM at any point could go and the pet bites you, and you take three health out of your last three health. Oh, honey, it would be, it would be more than three. This is definitely also you, like. Projecting, considering the fact that you had three HP for some of last session. It could have killed me at any moment. Okay. It's a puppy, ma'am. Great to be here. It's. it's (laughs) Confirmed. Kylie and Tara are both definitely cat people and not dog people. Sadly, yes. All right. Well, before we get, which is funny because you guys aren't even, you guys didn't bring the the dog with you, obviously, because of reasons. Um, But anyways, before we get to that, uh, let's do a quick recap. Last time, our party dealt with the aftermath of orphaning an innocent, sweet little direwolf pup, you know, the size of a husky. They then headed back to Melshadow Manor after some horsing around, and met up with Lord Melshadow, who looked worse for wear after his encounter with Chasden. Davina broke the news to him that Nelster had passed before giving him, or before having a moment of clarity and actually helping him grieve for Nelster to his immense confusion. After some direwolf remains cells, you all headed inside for a well-deserved nap. One short rest later, you all proceeded to start feeding the direwolf pet pup in the kitchen, as well as yourselves, and well, Tucker got drunk and stole some meat, but uh, yeah. In the other order. Okay, stole some meat and then got drunk. There we go. Let's not have them think I only stole because I was drunk. Oh, yeah, of course not. <laughs> Never. Yes, can't have the reputation tarnished, you see. Uh, Mel Shadow came unexpectedly into the unexpectedly into the room, luckily for you guys, like, after you'd already done all this, showing you all of the severe injuries he had received, mentioning that he had a planned trip to the Renaissance Embassy to get them healed. However, Davina let him know that she could just simply remove the poison in the morning for him when she had stocked the proper spells, and with that he asked you guys to do him a solid and deliver a letter to Satorbucks, the Feywild slash Tifon Embassy, and also get yourselves some uh, Satorbucks drinks as payment. He gave you guys three gold and a letter and bid you guys on your uh, farewell on your way. However, he also mentioned before you left that a wolf probably wouldn't do well inside of the Seder Bucks embassy, and so you all decided to leave your new puppy with him, who looked very confused. And that's where we are now as you guys walk through the street, towards where Davina would know the Seder Bucks embassy to be. I know the way to Seder Bucks, guys, follow me. Okay. So what is Seder Bucks? 
Tater Box is the most amazing place in the world. It sells you the best drinks you can ever taste. I wouldn't say the best. Oh, drinks. Yeah. Drinks are cool. They're all right. They're really, really sweet. That's why I like them. A bit too sweet. Do they have what um, you drink? Your tall glass of misery? Yes, Tara. They do. And they also have shit drinks just for you. <laughs> Is there a spot where I can sell a bunch of heavy armor? Yeah, like a armorsmith? Stop or like a weapon shop or something. Wait, is there one on the way there, Master DM? Let's see, it's like getting to afternoon soon, so stuff should still be open. People should be done with their lunches as well. Um, yeah, I'll say you could probably find a armorsmith on your way. Wilsons and Sons. Wilsons and Sons. So does he run it with his sons? You want to go inside and ask him? Yes, let's do. It. Okay, so you would like to go inside. Uh, Are you joining him? Sure. You guys suddenly <laughs> see. You guys. Oh you my God! I'm talking about Oh, actually, can I? Can you? How far are we from it? I feel like it's a function of how close we are. It's like around the corner from where you guys are now. I'm gonna go with. Mich I'm gonna go to Stater Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I can't Gina. think of any other reason why I wouldn't go now. You have to. Are we cool with splitting the group up? It's up to you. He's not gonna stop you. That. We could go after. You go after. Yeah, I'll just go after. Okay. I'd rather keep the group together just because it's easier. I think we're going to meet somebody. Okay, so you all head over to where Davina guides you guys to Seder Bucks. As you guys walk through the city, um, you guys see the building before you guys get to it. It is this brick-and-mortar building with a, kind of a green line at the top as well as the uh, the symbol of Tifan as a flag over the entrance. You do see also that there are several very, very buff, just absolutely ripped, weird, bestial uh, boar men, like ox men. They have the heads of cows and the bodies of like cows standing up, but they're all very hairy and such. They look like bulls standing on their hind legs. Um, Tucker, you would recognize these as minotaurs. They each have uh, full plate on, full plate armor on, and are kind of chatting amongst each other. And you see that each of them has uh, what seems like a standard issue double-ended axe um, in hand that they are kind of holding very loosely. Um, they, One of them kind of notices you guys as you approach, but doesn't really say anything or stop you guys, just kind of moves out of the way so you guys can go inside of Seder Bucks. I skipped the entire way there. Oh, God. I am having the most merry time of my life right now. Um, I wave at the two minotaurs as if that's just a completely normal occurrence for them to be there, and I step inside. Cool. You step inside, Tucker, Tara? I follow her lead. Well, no, no sorry, I don't skip. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta clarify that. Tucker does that. not skip. Tucker saunters in. Okay. Uh, Tara is going to look at these giant beasts with concern and hesitantly follow. Um, one of them notices you staring at it with a very concerned expression, and it fishes into its pockets for a moment, holds up a finger. They have three fingers on each hand. Holds up a finger, and it fishes into its pockets, and takes out a small lollipop and hands it to you. Aww. I'm not gonna take it, I'm gonna keep walking. The Minotaur looks sad and pockets the lollipop. Aww. I'm not a child. 
<laughs> he, he probably, probably thinks you're a child. child. I know. So you guys go. So you guys go inside of Seder Bucks following Davina's lead. Davina immediately skips all the way up to the line um, to order her drink. You guys see that inside of Seder Bucks there is this pleasant kind of almost like operatic operatic uh it sounds like there's a violin playing from somewhere it's very very cheerful music it's kind of uh, got a jaunty tone to it as you guys enter you can smell an immediate waft of like cinnamon and pumpkin and a bunch of other spices like camoil which is a tea actually um but you smell all these pleasant scents you guys see that the structuring of seder Bucks is that there is a kind of a, uh, a counter, so to speak, and behind the counter there's a... You see a, a variety of contraptions uh, that are being used to make drinks. You see that they have employed flame and ice mesprits, these tiny little fiend-like spirits that are elemental, uh, that are helping to power um, like a steam-run uh, drink machine, as well as uh, help chill certain drinks or heat up certain drinks. Um, you also see that there is a tiny uh, spirit, like a, uh, a sorry, a tiny sprite behind the counter that it seems to be taking orders. Um, you see that there is also a bit of a lobby area to your right, and to the left there are a bunch of people standing there and waiting for their drinks. Wow. <laughs> Davina, can I have my piece of gold so I can order my drink? Yeah. I, uh, I fish out the coins and I hand each, uh, Tucker and Tara their gold. Ooh, gold! Thank you. I skip my way towards the counter and I make my order. Hello, can I get the muddy green with cappuccino with mermaid cheers and mint, please? The usual. Like, oh my god, of course! And would you like, what size would you like that in? Thanks, girl. Can I have the largest size? Of course. You know how it is. Uh, that'll be one gold. Okay, here you go. And would you like to sign away part of your soul today? No, not today. Um, okay. Melly Mel told me not to do that, like, ever. Okay, if you're sure, um, that drink will be right out for you. Uh, can I have your name, please? Yeah, it's, um, uh, Davina Good. No! Wait! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we not supposed to tell, like... You just gave them your name. You gave it to them. Oh, you gave it to them. They can have it. They have it now. You see this... <laughs> I didn't think that would work so fast, to be honest. I look at you, and I don't remember what you're called. This sprite extends a hand and plucks something from you. Wait, wait, and you on. lose your name. Before that, I thought like, yes, that's a thing, but I thought it was like you signed the contract with your name and that's how they take it's it. It's the phrasing. Oh my god, like, thank you. I've been wanting to be called this for a bit now. Oh. Do you want to get it back? Yeah. She dangles her, like, pinched fingers in front of you. You want it back? Are you sure? I have a couple of other names if you want those instead. I try to snatch it back. She immediately pulls back her hand. No, no, no. Now, do you want it back? Melly Mel's gonna be really upset with you if you don't give that back. <laughs> she laughs maniacally. Oh, no, that was just me. <laughs> she narrows her eyes and then begrudgingly gives you back your name. Okay, can you give me the letter now, please? I hand over the letter. You hand over the letter, she takes it. Um, you see she it snaps her fingers and it immediately uh, goes up in smoke uh, as presumably it's been delivered somewhere. Okay, just go over there. Your drink will be ready in like a few minutes or something. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Hi, uh, welcome to Seder Bucks. What can I get you? Can I just have some water? 
Oh, I'm so sorry we only give water to people that actually buy something. Oh, that's alright. I'll just wait over here with Davina then. Okay, have a nice day. Bye. Hi there. Hi. Would you like to buy something today? You're a fly. I am. How? Because I'm magic, dear. Right, right. Um, I, uh, I want a couple of those over there. And I'm going to point towards, uh, the impulse buy section. <laughs> the impulse buy section, as in, like, the little pre-made charcuterie boxes and stuff like that, and, like, the, um, the, the pre-packaged, like, fey teas and stuff. Okay. All of it. Okay. I'm going to point over there. What can I buy over there, Jonathan? There is pre-packaged, pre-ground fey coffee and fey tea. Like tea leaves and coffee beans pre-ground. What will this, how will this help me? You don't know what these do. I have no idea what any of this does. I'm looking for something that, uh, I can feed my enemies, if you know what I mean. Are you going to an embassy and asking for poison, ma'am? No, I'm asking you. Hey, do you have any ill will to towards the Fae? No. Not at all? Uh, what are the Fae? Just all of- uh, can you tell me what all fairy the Fae- Fairy folk. All the fairy folk? Mm -hmm. No, I don't. Okay. I had very little interaction with them other than this. Fair enough. Uh, she kind of just thinks through it real quick and just goes, Well, like, if you want to give somebody, like, a stomach ache, I guess you could technically give them that little vial over there at the bottom. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, um, that'll be two gold. I will begrudgingly hand over my two gold. Okay, cool. Uh, you hand over, you hand over two gold and you, uh, she like rings you up essentially and lets you take the, the strange little vial. Um, you see that on this little glass vial it is cat, it's like corked. There is like a small little drawing of like a butterfly on it, on the glass, uh, container. And after you've given her your two gold, she goes, And would you like to deliver your soul? Uh, would you like to donate part of your soul to help uh, fairies in need today? Uh, no. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, well, have a nice day then. Thanks. Cool, so you do this, uh, and you go to the side, and you guys um, start to wait for your drinks. Uh, you guys see that you notice in the lobby area that they have these strange, um, like this weird shelf with a bunch of would appear to be pamphlets. Um, at first, as you look at it, you notice that it's written some language that you don't understand. However, as you stare at it, your brain tingles a bit, and you feel and see the letters reshape themselves into Dorvan script, and you read, Reasons to move to Tifon. These are tourist packets, essentially. <laughs> I'm gonna take a big stack and throw it in my bag. Okay, you grab a bunch of pamphlets trying to promote tourism to Tifon, and you put those into your bag. I'm I telling you, this worthless shit is what's gonna get me out of my my worst conundrums. You see that bracelet I tried to get rid of for the past <sighs> three episodes? Fucking worked out, didn't it? As she does that... <laughs> Tucker, you are waiting behind a very, very eager and bouncing Davina. As Davina, you watch them make your drink in front of you, taking like the extract of mermaid tears and popping that in and everything. If I had a phone in this universe, I would definitely be sending that to Snapchat to all of my friends. Uh, yeah. And as she's doing that, I'm looking around to the embassy and just seeing like, do I see any interesting items, trinkets, people? Anything um, worth noting? Yeah, go ahead and give me a perception check. Twelve. Okay. 
a 12. You don't really notice any items or trinkets necessarily. Um, however, you do notice that of the current patrons that are waiting for their drinks, you see um, two what appear to be high elves kind of waiting for their drinks. Um, you see a singular dragonborn kind of standing there looking a little bit impatient. Uh, you also see someone that you slightly recognize just a little bit. Um, and as you are looking, you see that he is wearing the expensive uh, cerulean robes of his family, of his nobility, and he's, he's stamping his foot impatiently with his arms crossed. Uh, his long blue locks are still as flowy as ever, and he is glaring at the counter as he's clearly waiting for his drink. He has not noticed you yet, but you do recognize this man. I turn my back to him completely and pretend he does not exist. Okay. You turn your back to him, uh, bumping Davina slightly with your shell as you quickly turn around and look almost just at a wall, uh, <laughs> trying really hard not to be noticed. However, after a little bit, uh, you hear the, the impatient kind of uh, foot tapping on the ground stop and you hear him speak. Oh, look at that. I need to go to the store next door. As you uh, move to leave, you feel a hand grab your shoulder with a a firm grip that you have felt many times uh, when you were younger. I turn to, to look at the hand and not the person to see what color it is. It's blue. I roll my eyes. Is that really him? Oh, wow. You're... Can you afford to, to buy your drink from here, Tucker Shelby? Is that really you, or am I mistaking another turtle for you again? I turn around and smile. Hello, Lord Cerulean. Great to see you again. I could have waited a little bit longer before seeing your face again. I, I see that you're trying to copy the family colors with those hideous spines coming out of your back. Is that a... Racial choice by by chance or uh, what are what are those? Uncontrollable. Ah. Oh, my deepest condolences for you. Just an unfortunate accident that it matches yours. Hmm. Well, thankfully, if anything, your dullness and those spines makes our beautiful cerulean stand out just a little bit better. I think. Mm. Are you here for a a drink? Per- Perhaps I, I see that uh, the the work that you've been doing must be paying off. I prefer not to drink from this place if I can. Are you here asking for change then? Are you a peddler now? Oh no, I just came in to see how they were doing. You know, make sure it hadn't gone out of business yet. He rolls his eyes slightly. I'm sorry, are you trying to imply that an embassy could somehow go out of business? I thought that when I put Everyone you in- Everyone needs money, Lord Cerulean. I thought that I, when I put you into classes with Aranti that you would actually learn something, but clearly that time was completely wasted. Can we hear any of this? Yes. If only you had joined them. Are we Maybe looking? you would have learned something about kindness. Oh no, please, not a cut fight at the coffee shop! At this point, Davina and Tara, you have noticed that Tucker is, like, the most pained, shit-eating smile ever, (laughs) is looking at this, like, strange blue, slightly flowy man, looks like he's a little bit older, whatever race he is, um, and, and has, like, long, flowing blue hair, he's wearing these beautiful cerulean robes that are just the brightest of blue. Wait. So, 
I'm, I'm confused. Is he all blue? Yes. All right. His skin is blue. What do you see? He is matching Tucker's smile, and one eye is slightly starting to twitch as these two kind of talk shit to each other. Also, for reference, normally Tucker would not talk this way to him, but Tucker is drunk. Oh, I see. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> enough to break this up. I mean, in terms of charity, I thought I had done that already when I took in your sorry turtle ass. Oh, it was punishment enough, sir, to have to live with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're gonna do! In unison! <laughs> that's exactly what we're gonna do! Oh, now, sh- if you'll excuse me, I have some business to attend to that's far more important than whatever this is. I'll be sure to let Aranti know that her, uh, her pet turtle had passed. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> And does this Tucker just storm out? Yeah. That's a threat. We're gonna love that. Tucker, you storm out and he, he notices Tara and Davina like watching him like super close to the conversation. I'm sorry, can I help the two of you? Hi, my name's Davina. Uh, no, no, you can't help us at all. But, but, but in fact, we can help you. Have you ever considered moving to Tifon? I'm gonna ha- take out one of the pamphlets and try to shove it into space. You take out one of the pamphlets and try to, like, push it into him. He looks at you with disdain, sidesteps you, walks past you guys without saying a word, picks up his drink that was finished, and promptly leaves the premises. <sighs> but, not before, but not before shooting the two of you a disgusted look, like he's looking at a pile of shit. After I walked outside, I would like to note that I went straight to the armory. Okay. So he should not see me when he leaves. He does not yeah, see you when he leaves. What are you feeling, Eric? What are you feeling, oh, Tucker? What, am, what is Tucker feeling? What is Eric feeling? What is Tucker feeling? Tucker feels incredibly hurt and upset and angry. Oh, he's and singing. He's singing. Uh, he would love to kill that guy if it was allowed. Okay, so you start heading to the, uh, towards the armory, the nearest one, the uh, Wellstons and Sons, thank you. Um, you head over to Wellstons and Sons and go inside, you see that there is a no man, uh, it's very strange, like Bunge- uh, Benjamin Button effect, it's like this very small, but super burly gnome, like a really buff, short gnome, Interesting. which is not a gnome thing. He kind of looks at you walk in and just, ah, how can I help you? I have some... A set of chainmail that I'd like to sell. Alright, uh, can I see it? Flops it on the table. Flops it onto the table, give me a sec. It is heavy armor chainmail. Alright, uh, I'll give you 15 gold for this. It's a little bit dinged up, you can see like the rings have rusted away, there's a faint smell of excrement from it. Um, yeah, 15 gold's really all I can do. Okay, 15. Uh, he just kind of quickly pulls out 15 gold and takes the armor from you, and uh, you have finally sold that chain armor from the fucking um, whatchamacallit that you guys killed all that time ago, um, the Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. As this is going on, uh, Davina, your drink finally comes out. Thank god we didn't have to talk to the bad guy! Oh, yes, yes! I pick it up and I immediately start sipping away. I'm in utter bliss. Are there any other pamphlets I can pick up? Just curious. 
Yeah, yeah there's some for the Latter-day Saints. Um, there's Latter-day Saints there's, here. There's, there's some, uh, some Mormon pamphlets, too. Um, well, there are Mormons here. Let's see, what else is there? There's some, uh, oh god, what's the one where they go to door-to-door, like, knocking? That's... Is that Mormon? Oh, okay. Hello, my name is Elder Tucker, and I would like to share with you the most amazing book. What the fuck? Hello, my name is Elder Price. You've never seen Book of Mormon. No, I haven't. We talked about this. Right. Okay, cool. So, you guys, you, uh, you get your drink, you get your pamphlets, and your poison of some kind, and you uh, sell your stuff. Sick. Sold. Let's go. To the highest bidder, which was that guy. You guys all leave Cedarbucks and the armory at roughly the same time and actually see each other in the street. Where were you? Selling some armor. Oh, yeah, I know a guy who used to do that. He was... he was really cool. Hey, actually, uh... I wonder if he has any armor for me. Hey, uh, Tucker, do you know any armorers who sell dwarfish armor that go by the name Brownbeard? Dwarves, like me. History check? That is a... 16. I'm going to say that the reason why you would know about this place is because there's not many Dwarven-run places in general. You do know where the Brownbeard Armory is. Yeah, I do. What about them? How far is it from here? Like a ten-minute walk. Can we go? Can we? Can we? Can we? Sure. Does that place buy swords? I have a sword that I don't use because I already have a weapon. Yeah, we can do that there too. Yay, okay. Woo! I go back to sipping my my um, It's already like most of the way gone. Yeah. She is fully just like it's almost gone. Alright, let's walk on over to see the brown beards once more. Okay, cool. You guys walk uh <laughs> funnily enough, Tucker, it's literally like right around like two blocks. In a corner? Like, like it's, it's not, not far from here. It's really actually quite close. Um, you guide Terra and Davina to this uh, armory that you know of. How do you know the Brownbeards? Oh, the Brownbeards are legendary. People talk about them all the time. They were one of the only people to elect to leave during the Great Separation. Some people never came back to the Depths. What was the Great Separation? Oh, you know. When we decided if we were going to join the above world or stay underground once we figured you out, you guys were up there. You guys didn't know we were up here? No. Why would you ever leave the safest place on Earth? I don't know. Why did you? Well, I... I couldn't imagine my life getting any better. And who... who the fuck wants to grow up thinking that their life's not going to get any better? I mean, it was an accident. I... I felt like I was chosen. There was a cave-in, you see, and I... I went looking for a way out. Because you thought it would be better? Turns out it's just different shit. Yeah, I feel that. You never tried a frap before? Yeah, fraps. In... in the... in the hole? In the hole. No! No fraps! In fact, we very rarely have ice. You see, it's very hard for water to freeze when it's running. 
and the depths gets all of its water from running water that runs from the surface down. So there are certain depths to which even dwarves will not dig, because there the water is still. And when the water is still, predators may lurk. We just, yeah, there's a lot of superstition down there. We don't, we don't go down there. But uh, no, there, we, we don't have ice. What kinds of predators? Well, the myths and legends speak of a witch who will curse your mind and you'll hear all the voices of every ancestor and every grievance they've ever had. What about <laughs> giant centipedes? Oh, no, 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 those are fine. Those usually stay within, uh, I'd say, like, four to five hundred levels from the bodies of water. So as long as you're not, you know, playing down there, you shouldn't run into them. Every once in a while, a tiny one will come up, and then we have a big, like a great big feast. It's fantastic. Are there any trolls? Um, I'm going to say no, unless... No, I, I can't possibly think of what the fuck that is. Are dwarves the only people in the depth? Not the only ones. I mean, we share them with beetles and centipedes and, uh... But those are people. Uh... And the drought! Well, there's drought. Do they count? Yeah, those count. Do they count as people? <laughs> I was I was more easily willing to be like, oh, there's beetles. Look at those. And on that note, here we are, brown beards. And a little bit of backstory on the brown beards. They're one of the very few dwarven families that decided to leave the depths before, um, thinking that you know everybody else had the mentality of you know life is shit, this is shit, but you know what? We were born and raised in it, so we're not going to leave. For them specifically, they were one of the families that opted to leave, and after having left through their own methods, um, have made a decent life for themselves on the surface. Not extravagant or anything like that. Um, they are definitely one of the, you guys see this as you approach, they are definitely one of the smallest armories in town. Um, however, dwarven hands at, uh, at the forge are still better than most. Um, so you guys see this very, very, it's like a, a, um, a, a corner store too. It's actually like at the corner. Um, what do you see in, in messy script, uh, brown beard armory? <sighs> Smells like rockin' shit. I wish I could have another frap. I'd like to walk in. Cool. Uh, as per the Dwarven way, you just kick the doors <laughs> open and walk right in. Um, the first thing you guys notice is that this armory is definitely dwarf-sized. So, uh, with regards to like the, the places you guys have seen that have been run by halflings or by gnomes, uh, stuff has still been at kind of standard humanoid height, and those races have just kind of accommodated for, for standard humanoid height. Like the, the gnome was on, um, at Town Hall was, was on an upper level, kind of a, a chair looking down. Um, the gnome from the, the fast food restaurant, <laughs> from the restaurant next to the bakery was on like a counter of sorts that was a little bit higher, but you guys immediately noticed that this 
armory is distinctly made by and for dwarves. Um, it's at a height, as a matter of fact, that makes it almost uncomfortable for you, Tucker. Because as soon as you enter, you have to immediately duck as you notice that there is literally just a hammer hanging directly in the doorway um, that is at face level for you. Mm, it seems a little low. You have to duck down and kind of tuck in a little bit just to kind of fit in and cram in. You, you notice that they've truly used this space to like its fullest potential, um, and the building was small. So, uh, Davina, you even actually have to, to not crouch, but you have to like kind of slouch a little bit to not hit your head on the hammer, um, as well just to, to get a better view of everything. But, Tara, this feels strangely nice you hadn't noticed that you missed this but everything being made at your height once more feels nice because you know you don't have to crane your neck anymore to like try to look up and do stuff um you guys immediately hear the banging of a hammer against an anvil in the back you guys can smell soot and sulfur in the air in here it's quite stuffy actually probably a bit of a fire hazard um but yeah, the the walls are lined with weapons, with armor. There's all sorts of maces uh, hanging from the from the ceiling of this place. It really is a precarious place. Like if there was an earthquake, so many weapons and armor would just fall on anyone under here. Um, but you do see at the very back corner, uh, there's a back room that you guys can't really see the fullest of right now. But you guys do hear the pounding of an animal from there, as well as a lot of heat emanating from that room. Um, you see that there. There is a small little counter in which a dwarven boy, dwarven teen more like, with the barest bit of beard, is sitting by himself messing with a, uh, a small hammer and a piece of scrap metal. Um, he looks up to the three of you uh, and then eyes catch Tara. This is Cole Brownbeard, one of um, the sons. Um, the other son's name is Flint, and it seems like, uh, you don't see their parents right now. That's funny. Hello! Welcome to Brownbeard's Army- Oh, hey! Your, uh, uh, dad introduced us, like, what, last week? Hi, Cole. Hi, hi Tara. It's nice to see you again. Nice to see you again, too. You have a very tall friend behind you. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Cole, this is um, Tucker. Hello. Tucker, this is Cole Brownbeard. I extend a claw. Uh, he looks at you confused and gently headbutts your hand. It's I push my hand and just kind of bring it back down to my side. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. And Pleasure to meet you, too. And this is Davina. Hello! Hi, I'm Davina. Nice to meet you. You're... Yes, I, I, I mean, kind of. A lot, uh, friend is a weird, yeah, weird yeah, word. I, I would call it, like, friend. Some awkwardness occurs. Yeah. Um, why are you... Uh, sorry, just question. Why are you gray? Gray? I'm an Asimar. My dad's gray, too. Is this normal? And she, he turns to you, Tara. Does she have, like, cave crawl or something? She's, um, different. Ah, a lot of different things here. Uh, actually, I was wondering, speaking of different things, you're like the only dwarf I've met since I've been up here. 
Do you guys uh, make stuff for us? Do you want me to call my dad? I mean, I'm sure you're capable of it. <laughs> uh, he blushes. <laughs> Are you, is this flirting? I'm trying to get free shit. <laughs> oh my god, you fox. <laughs> um, We're teens. He... Again, blushes. Um, you see his ears turn a little pink. Well, we have some ceremonial stuff that, that uh, we made recently, but it's just some dwarven hammers. They're nothing, you know, too crazy. I've never had a hammer. You've never used a hammer in the depths? I'd like to look straight into this dwarf's eyes and say, first time for everything, I guess. <laughs> Ew. I promise, I promise, listen audience. I swear, I don't want anything with this family. I'm gonna do the same thing to the other brother if the other brother's alone, okay? But my hope is that I can get this person to at least find me attractive enough that every time I walk in, I have the bargaining power. Go ahead and give me a... We'll do a persuasion check. I'd also like to wink at Tucker. Because I think Tucker's going to know what I'm doing. Tucker is slouched so much right now and is basically walking in a squat. I'm going to say that Tucker is too occupied with trying to not bump into stuff to Give really notice. Give me a perception roll. Sure, roll me a perception check to notice her wink. No, he's rolling. I know, but I'm also rolling. Oh, for persuasion. Okay. Uh, perception is 18. Oh, wow. So 18 perception? 15. Uh, so, Tucker, you do notice, um, Tara wink at you, and she's acting in a way that you've never seen her act before, so you think something may be up. Davina, you fully think she has a crush on this boy. Uh, Tara, what did you roll? Because that was a persuasion check. i uh, sorry, I was doing perception because I'm an idiot. So, 19. Okay, 19. Um... You see he turns red from his neck all the way up to his ears, um, and... Wait, hold on, I have a question. Did I get the younger or the older brother? The younger. How old is he? Uh, just a little bit older than Tara. Maybe like one or two years. You, you can't really tell. This is just another child to you. So you... So you wanted a... Uh, so you wanted a... A warhammer? You got it. If I ring you up for a dagger and give you a warhammer, would you want a date with me tomorrow? I nudge her. what it'll cost me. I nudge her and nod. I also nod her <laughs> on the side. Is he, hold on, wait, is he cute? Check. Um, I mean, he's like... A no. teen. I don't want. I don't want the boy. They're the same age, right? No, I don't he's, want the boy. He's slightly older than her. No, no, this is. He's not... older than her. Mm-hmm. I'm... Just barely. Okay, yeah, they can go on a date. No, I know. I, uh, I gotta. I gotta back up my bluff. Get you your arm. Your hammer. Tara and Dwarf Boy <clears throat> sitting in a tree. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> this is the downside is when the flirting works. I'm going to look at his eyes and my face will show complete and total pity. Uh, in this moment, I 
don't want to, but I've been nudged too far and my game of chess has been exploited. He now thinks that I actually like him and I have to do something about it. In this moment of pity... <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to. Aw, uh, he's totally gonna get you on that date. Aw, <laughs> uh, he's totally gonna drink my vial of stomach aches. Jesus Christ. <laughs> my God. <laughs> She's out here playing chess. And she's married. How did she get there? Vile of stomach aches. So you agree to this date. Um, You see, he somehow, he somehow turns even more red. He he went from like a flushed pink. Now he's straight up like maroon colored. He he fully is as bright as a tiefling would be. Um, and he wordlessly uh, writes down something on a piece of paper, folds it up. And then goes and takes off a very nice-looking warhammer off of a wall, and then puts it down in front of you. And he holds up two fingers, two, two, two gold for the warhammer. I'm gonna take the two gold out of my bag, and in a dwarvish fashion, I'm going to hand him the money while looking him in the eyes. Make eye contact when handing each other. Uh, yes, you fully grab his wrist with your hand, pry open his hand, and aggressively shove two coins into it and close it around while maintaining eye contact and then shove it back to his chest. Then you smile at him. Um, and he hands you this noti- kind of heavy, honestly, Warhammer. You notice that it has. Um, it's a. First of all, it's a beautiful piece. Um, The actual handle itself, you see, has kind of this interwoven vine-like pattern with the leather that's uh, creating a grip. The leather forms a vine-like pattern on the handle um, that leads all the way up to this kind of um, rectangular uh, piece of metal right before the actual thick warhammer end of it. Um, for this weapon, you can use it with one or with two hands. If you use uh, if you use it with one hand, it is only a d8 of damage. If you use it with two, it is a d10. It is, however, a strength weapon. And as a valor bard, you actually gain a, you have proficiency with this type of weapon, so you're able to use it. Normally, you would not be able to. I'd like to turn around and walk out without saying anything after accepting the date and accepting the hammer and doing the whole eye contact thing. He did He did pass you a note with the hammer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll also take the note. But on while I turn around, I want to make dead eyes with Tucker and give him one of the, as I can only say, that's fucking gross, man. That face. <laughs> that's what I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him the, like, half a fish disgust face because he and I both know what has occurred. That dwarf boy has officially given you the ick. I just, I mean, I knew I was going to try to get the hammer, but I didn't know he was going to be like, spend time with me. At what cost? (laughs) Davina, are you going to try to sell your sword? Yes. Okay, so as Tara starts to walk out, uh, Davina. Oh, okay, my turn. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I draw out my sword and I heavily place it on the table and I say, um... My wooden stick's a lot better than this one, so I'm gonna sell this. Um, he looks at you, looks at the blade real quick. Um, you're, you're Tara's friend, right? Yeah! Okay, uh, five, five gold. Five gold? Sick! Okay! Uh, he quickly takes the longsword and gives you five gold. Um, yeah, do you head out as well? Yep. I cool. wave and then I turn, uh, and I run after Tara to make fun of her. Okay, so the three of you guys convene outside. Uh, Tara, you're still feeling a little bit maybe nauseous from that encounter. Okay. Good job. 
I'm gay. So. Wait, what? <laughs> Tara's coming out. No, Tara's not coming out. But I, Tara, Tara knows this was all a farce. She's not interested in either of the dwarf boys. But she definitely felt something happen when the drow woman attacked. So I think she's not into dwarf boys and into drow women. Those are the only facts okay. thus far. But yes, I am disgusted by this boy, and I have shown Tucker in the siblingest way that I have just. What is the phrase? Ah, yes. Taken a fat L. <laughs> nice. I just want to date with the kid. Tomorrow, after we do our Goric stuff, and if you make me late, I'm not going to be mad. Oh, you, was that to the DM? Was that to the DM? Oh, no. Rest assured, you are getting there on time. No! He's going to make sure I get there. You're going to have to spend the entirety of the date with this boy. Okay, I'm ready to face my punishment, Daddy DM. <laughs> what the fuck? So as you guys are standing outside, um, Tucker, give me a perception check. Fourteen. Ah, wonderful. You notice with a fourteen that it is eerily quiet outside suddenly. Oh, no! You notice that <laughs> there isn't anybody walking around in the street in this area, which is weird because you guys, when you had entered, there was, you know, just people out and about doing their daily business. It's, uh, with that interaction, I would say that the, the sun has started to set, but it has not quite yet, so it's hitting evening-ish, but it's not quite at the time when people should not be out and about. And as you feel this awkward emptiness, you hear a... <clears throat> so you tried your best to help with Chasden, huh? Yeah, I would like to look at the voice. I don't have to, it's Ivan. You try to turn around, you feel a sharp thing at your back. No, 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 don't turn around yet. Answer the question. They were targeting Mel Shadow's man. I'm well aware. There's... It was an assassination job. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, Tucker, I'm kind of disappointed in you. You should remember that there are rules against interfering with others' bounties. Strict rules. It occurs to you in this moment that you have not seen him leave the alehouse before. Unfortunately, as far as rogue rules go, your life and those that followed and helped you, your lives are all at forfeit right now because you broke a rule. Now, truth be told, you have a lot of potential. Does it really count if Chasden's leaving anyway? Snooping around a bit, have you? It's a fair question to ask, is it not? Chasden's made her own mistakes in leaving the Bountiful Harvest Ale House. She's made her decisions just as I have. And what have you decided? That is for me to know, and for you to not know. Now, as I was saying, the three of you have an actually fair amount of potential, all things considered, despite the fact of apparently all three of you lacking brains. You're actually quite powerful and resourceful when need be. But right now, you're just gonna get yourselves killed or screw something up in my plans. Oh, your plans? Yes, Terra Battlecry, my plans. Now, there's a lot of moving parts going on in this city right now, and despite my warning to the city with my flower, they still have not reconsidered putting that law to pass next month. Now, you guys going around and fucking shit up is throwing me out of loop. So you lied to us. I didn't lie about anything. 
So you didn't tell us everything you knew. Correct. So you withheld from us. Correct. I'm so a... you lied to us. Incorrect. Tucker, tell her. Come on, now. This is like basic Rogue 101. You just don't tell the entire truth. You tell parts of it. Right, because your falsehoods are are riddled with engine. What's the word for being? It would have helped if you said that it was your flower and not Chastin's. It would have helped. I didn't say it was Chasen's flower. I never said that specifically. There was no reason that you needed to know that information. You were not in the circle of trust. I'm just saying, things would have gone differently. You could share some more with us. Unfortunately, with my leaving of the government's employee in Bountiful Harvest Ale House, as you've known it, Tucker, not being a thing anymore, there's been a lot of heat on me. or And there's going to continue to be a lot of heat on me, so... Despite your failings, I have an offer. Uh, I'm listening. He's trying to employ us. Correct. Very perceptive. Well, you guys use big words to not talk about shit. She's never heard these can't either. Wow, you've really picked up a strong-minded one. And you having this small prodigy magic child possibly exploding at any moment with magical power. Hi. So I found something that could be beneficial for all of us. I need somebody to help me with some smaller things, you know, shifting the political landscape, kind of uh, influencing the vote for next month. And the three of you need actual guidance in a way to operate, honestly. You also need money, you need magic items, you need so many things. You're, you're just, you're very new to this whole thing. And are you offering these? If I were to, would you join my employ? What would the first mission look like? Just ask all the job interview questions. <laughs> <laughs> what are their benefits? <laughs> are What's your, my PPO? <laughs> are your employees currently happy with their state of oh, Jesus. culture and Sorry. What's what's the PPO? Do we get holidays? How many vacation days a year? Will there be a Christmas party? There's a certain slightly elementally aligned person that needs to see a, uh, a different route for their child's future. And before you ask, it's not the Lord Cerulean that you have an issue with. Could it be? I can check my list and see if he's one of the people that wants to vote for rogues and assassins to be nerfed for ne I mean, I can if you'd like. <sighs> I see that I have him on my side already. What about the two of you? Demina? That trinket you want. I could get it for you pretty easily. I make it my business to know everything that goes on, for the most part. Wow, you must be really smart. Wait, everything? Give or take. Okay, I'd like to make a trade. I don't know if you quite understand the position you're in right now, but I'll hear you out. What kind of trade would you like to make? I would like to accept your offer, and uh, I, in exchange, would like your uh, knowledge. I would like to ask you three questions. Claim to know everything. That shouldn't be too much to ask. Is that your only stipulation for working for me? Well, for the time being. I don't need anything else until I'm hungry. How about this? I'll give each of you one question to ask, instead of one of you three. That seems a little bit unfair, considering that all Davina Good here wants is just a trinket. And possibly her sanity back, but, well, she doesn't really know about that. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> that kind of felt like you broke the fourth wall or something. <laughs> yeah, was that was that real? Yep. Do I react to that in any way? 
Uh, you want to make, make a, a wisdom, wisdom check? check? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Davina, are you going to be a baby forever? 14 plus 3 is a 17. Woo! Woo! Thanks, guys. <laughs> In this moment, you don't retain sanity or anything like that. Um, however, something about that, the way he's talking about it, kind of resonates with you and makes you want it. What's my, want my sanity? Mm. So, would the three of you like to work for me? Trust me, you know, it's not going to be a full-time thing. Where are halflings from? Where are halflings from? Where are halflings from? The city. This city? Yeah. Palawak. Yeah. Halflings are from here. Yeah. They live with mankind. Yeah. In this realm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what you guys. So, again, don't, don't worry. It's not going to be a full-time thing. I know you guys are still trying to... I mean, Tucker's doing this as kind of a facade, I feel like, but trying to do the whole adventure thing, you know, I, I respect it. Lots of treasure, bounties, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to occupy all of your time. I just, I'm just going to need you to occasionally, you know, slip poison in someone's drink or maybe write something and overhear something for me, stuff like that. Think of it almost like an internship. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. If I join you... Will that put me on the same side as Cerulean or not? Definitely not the same side as Cerulean. Cerulean does some messed up stuff. I'm just a... Will you help me get back at him? Given some time. He's not at my priorities right now. But given some time, perhaps. There's a lot of secrets he has that could and honestly kind of should be exposed, in my opinion. If you want my truthful opinion, at least. Yes. I'll join you. Davina? Yeah, I really, really, really want that trinket. Also, my sanity? What happened with my sanity? Don't stress yourself too much on that right now, okay? And then he turns to you, Tara. And you're on board as well? Hesitantly, but yeah. Alright, well, I'm saving my question for later. You may. There's some strings that come with this deal. The first of which is you are not allowed to tell people that you're working for me. If you do, you will not know when I'm listening, where I am, and trust me when I say that you, as well as your friends, families, everyone you've ever talked to, are not safe should you break this trust. Am I clear on that? Crystal. Absolutely. And should you have any safe houses and families that you've made acquaintances with that you've thought were out of the comfort and viewing of everyone else, let me be the first to assure you that you have not. I don't like Ivan as much right now. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, and I'm going, okay, killing friends and family. But Tucker is not actually saying anything in response to oh, yeah. He's just mentally going, fuck, fuck, fuck. All right, wonderful. In which case... You guys will find out from me the day before when I have a job for you. If you haven't heard from me, assume that you can do your regular work the next day. Oh, and as a show of good faith, I have some treats for you guys. I love treats, my cookies! I'm always suspicious of gifts. One day isn't a lot of time to prepare, and we might already have engagements. Don't worry, I'll know exactly where you guys are and I'll let you know when I find you. Then I trust it'll always be important if there's a conflict. Do you truly think that I would employ three new people under my direct banner and give you something that is not important? Oh, Tucker, come on now. Trust me when I say that everything you'll be doing in this internship will help you greatly in the future. Okay. Unfortunately, it's not paid, but you know. 
<laughs> All right. Anyways, on to the treats, since you've agreed to work for me. Wait, wait. None of the missions will be paid? Oh, there will be plenty of things that you can pick up along the way that would count as money. I'm just saying that I'm not directly paying you or anything. I'm giving you something much more valuable. Would you... Our lives back. Would you like to know what it is? Yes. I have treats. Can I give you your treats now? Can I turn around at this point? Can we, can Since we're working for them? Yeah. He, he does, by the way, when you guys agreed, he did take whatever was pointing at your back okay. away. All of our backs? Uh, well, Davina never tried to turn around, so she yeah. never... Then I'll just kind of raise up my hand, like, ready to accept something. Okay. Um, you guys turn around to see Ivan standing there with his arms crossed. Uh, you don't see any weapons in sight, but he just kind of stands there, arms crossed, smiling ear to ear. I brought you some treats. I hope you like them. I really hope they're mint cookies. Ah, unfortunately they're not. Tucker, here's yours first. You see, he gives you some goggles. Night vision goggles. Ah! High fives. High fives? Why? Why high fives? I have night vision goggles, baby. At last you can see in the dark. You guys are really assuming so fast here. You gave me goggles. If they're not night vision, I will strangle you. (laughs) Let this be evidence of premeditated murder. Oh my god. Wow. He uh, goes to Davina and puts a small little charm in your hand. Oh, he gave it to me first. No, it's not the charm you're thinking of. It's It's a different charm. Okay. You see, as you hold this charm, it is a metal owl, like a tiny little metal owl. And as you hold it, you feel a strange surge of power as it suddenly changes form into a rat. And then it changes, the metal bends itself into the shape of a rat. And then it changes to an octopus and then to a cat and then back to an owl before settling on the owl form. Also, the goggles that you received are these insane-looking techno-goggles that have these kind of spikes coming out of them, as well as like an iridescent uh, paint on them. They look truly insane. They look very... Are they blue? Huh? Are they blue? They're not. What is the color of the They're iridescent. They're, they're like... Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, it's I get silver. It. They kind of look like rave goggles. Oh. And lastly, he goes to you, Tara and puts into your hands this strange kind of like mask that you can, uh, you, you notice it's kind of like this, almost like this neck sleeve of sorts that you would be able to put on and pull over your mouth. And these are what these items are. So Tucker, you have received the goggles of night. Upon speaking, yeah. the, upon speaking the activation code, it grants you dark vision up to 60 feet for an hour a day, coming back at the dawn of the next day. Without the activation code, the goggles do not work and instead just blind the user while equipped. Terra, uh, Davina, you have received the Charm of Change. I knew it. While wielded by a druid, it grants one additional use of wild shape per day. However, this can this charge can only be used to turn into one of the following creatures. An owl, a rat, a cat, or an octopus. Lastly, Terra, you have gained the most interesting item in my opinion. You have gained the Mask of Silence. It holds three charges and the user can expend one charge to cast a spell or use any ability without requiring the vocal component. And you is sick! Alright, Mask of of what? Silence? Mask of Silence. You can also expend three charges. It only holds three charges, so you'd be expending all of the charges that it has. You can expend three charges to cast the Silence spell, which is a, I believe, third level spell. Mm -hmm. It regains 1d4 charges at every dawn. 
On a 4, the user also gets the ability to create a cloud of smoke on that day. So if you have noticed, all three of these are specifically stealth and espionage items. I don't know if I like this anymore, I'm kinda worried. Are you kidding? This is fucking great. I don't know. <laughs> Tucker's like, I can see! He gave me goggles, he's gonna give us clout just cause we're working with him. Yeah. And he said that in the future he might not help me fuck with Cerulean. Is that all you think about? I might get my sanity back. Look, that's not all I think about. <laughs> Sorry. You saw me skin some children earlier today so that I could sell their fur. Okay, fair, fair. All you think about is money. And sass when it comes to you. <laughs> okay. Alright then, now that you've all received your treats, I have your job for tomorrow already. And it's specifically for tomorrow night, so if you have any plans during the day, you're still fine. Oh, that's... Uh, when do I when did I tell him I would meet him? He gave you a note of when to meet. You haven't opened it yet. I haven't opened it. Can I open it now? <laughs> Did you want to open it right yeah, now? Yeah, I think I would like to. <laughs> it says... I'm going to peer over at the note as she opens it. It gives a, a breakfast spot. Oh! <laughs> and it's a breakfast time. He wants to get breakfast with you. Well, yeah, that is a garbage thing. The most romantic meal of the day is the one when the sun is Also, to be fair, like... Breakfast is one of the more versatile foods that you guys definitely don't have in the depths. Yeah, that's true. So, um, Tara has a boy, and she has a date. I did no, I did I did Oh, congratulations! No, let's not talk about it. Oh, congratulations! Well, to make sure not to tell him, or I'll have to kill him. But you know, I promise I won't say anything. But really, I think we'll be fine for the time. I'm gonna put it away. So. I don't have anything for you for the rest of the day. However, would you like to hear the details about tomorrow? Okay. Nods. There is a family by the name of Arantelli. The Arantellis are one of the wizarding families here that are a little bit on the evocation heavy side. They in particular want for this new law to be passed specifically so that the city relies on their resources a little bit more. And how are they better than the average life in heaven? Well, massive explosions of fire from one's fingertips are fairly destructive, all things considered. So what do you want us to do? They have a son that is being very haphazard with how he uses his magic. He fishes out a necklace of tiny little orange-red orbs. In particular, their son really likes to smell fireball. On their property, he'll blast the training dummies like five times a day. On one of these times tomorrow, he's going to have an unfortunate magical surge that kills him. It's going to be just a little bit too big of a fireball. Do you catch my drift? <laughs> and how do we accomplish this? He holds up the necklace. This is a necklace of fireballs. Each one of these beats, when thrown, can cause a magical explosion. There's eight beats here. When he casts Fireball, I want you to be on the property hidden, and you're going to throw the Fireball right on his spot as he casts Fireball. Oh, you're trying to make him an angel! He's 100% going to be an angel. Which is good to be. Oh, I so that. <laughs> so, if we do that for you, then I get the trinket? Sure! You'll get a note from me before tomorrow night about the location. Now, keep in mind that, realistically, you only need to use maybe five or six of these fireball beats to do the job. So if you run into any issues, try to be discreet, but you might be able to use a beat or two to help you escape. 
Again, try to be discreet. Got it. Alright, with that, he gingerly hands you the bead of explosives. Right. Necklace of explosive beads. I write this down on my. Sorry, I put this in my backpack. <laughs> very. I write this down on my backpack. Very, very <laughs> carefully. <laughs> Alright then, and with that, I think that's all our business for today. Ooh, could you, Davina, do me a really, really big solid? A solid? Uh, what do you mean? Tomorrow, after you do the job, I'm going to meet with all of you. When we meet, can you please bring me a dozen red velvet cookies? I really like the cookies your mom makes. Yeah, of course. I can get you those. That would be amazing. Thank you. All right, then. I'm done. Any questions? So get in, kill the boy, and get out, and don't be seen. Exactly. Not that hard, right? Oh, it is worth noting that... The family is quite powerful wizards, so just uh, be aware of that. But they can't cast stuff on what they can't see, so... <laughs> what protections do they have on the property? They have their private guard. That are all lower-level wizards. Your primary thing to be worried about is if the Lord sees you. He's quite honestly a powerful spellcaster. So we've already checked and there's no wards on the property if we enter? The directions that I'll be giving you will be avoiding those alarms. Although, good thinking. Tucker, you do have a pretty good head on you after all. I know. Oh, also, the activation code for, or the activation word for those is Ignis. So while holding those, if you say Ignis, they will be about to go off. So right. do not, do right. not. So don't say it. Do not say Ignis. It will not go off for you or the surrounding 20 feet. And my goggles? Nix. Alright then, well, I'm off to enjoy some... I don't know what I'm feeling tonight quite yet, but I'll see the three of you soon. What about your questions? You get to ask those of me tomorrow night. When we get the directions. Don't worry, you'll receive them in time. Alright, until next we meet. Oh, we'll be meeting very soon. Alright, bye! Bye! He waves to you guys and starts skipping off. Okay, and... see him now? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And as you guys see him skip off, he turns a corner and immediately people start walking through again. That was definitely a spell of some kind. Ivan is not someone we can take. No, <laughs> apparently not. Alright, uh, with that, as he leaves you guys with your guys' uh, new internship, um, that is where we will end the episode. I told you guys you guys were getting magic items. I got night vision goggles. I got a charm. Hide from me now, Chaz Dick. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Um, that was really sad. We were just... We cast it. <laughs> <laughs> we cast it. It was horrible. Uh, thoughts? Questions? I have two questions. Hmm. So one, did I get ripped off at all for the longsword that I sold to the dwarf? What? No, you made... Pretty good money, money on it. Oh, did I get ripped off? What, oh, for, for the, the armor, armor, yes. I thought so. Really? For the armor, yeah. What, what was this about? I thought about it later, and I was like, if I was buying a whole set of armor, it would probably be like hundreds of gold, right? Chainmail doesn't quite hit hundreds necessarily, but definitely more than like 15 for it. Yeah. Then what was... The... I was thinking I should have asked 
first before asking him how much for this, I should have asked how much for it to buy a set of mm. chain armor. Well, it's also worth noting, though, it's... Because I didn't know the, yeah. I'm bad at knowing the scale in D&D. It's also worth noting, though, that, I mean, chainmail, like, you, you would be buying new or used. Yours was <laughs> shit condition. Right, but it would have given me a... Yeah, uh, like, like a, a scale, number yeah. to grade off of yeah. worth. When I, when you told me twelve, I was like, okay. Okay, again, again I, I said fifteen. I don't know why you keep on saying twelve. When you told me fifteen, I was like, okay, fifteen in a void of nothingness to compare. <laughs> <laughs> is this? I cannot determine if this is a good deal or not. I'll just say yes. That was the same for me and Davina. That like no matter what, I knew that like she wouldn't know, so she's yeah. just glad to take anything. But I do know because. The dwarf had said, oh, you're a friend of Tara's, that's yeah. probably, yeah. like, gonna be a good... Yeah, you don't trust the vendor. What was the Tara, you got a date! Wow! My goal was just to be sexy and alluring, and then to get free stuff. What was the discount? Anyway, like, what was the original price? He sold me a Warhammer for two gold. Yeah, which is kind of insane. She that's got a dagger. Two frats. The dagger was, was Did two you gold. that? Somewhere. Um, yeah, buying a fucking Warhammer for dagger price is definitely but what is pretty the good. Warhammer price? Uh, actual standard D&D Warhammer price is 15 gold. Oh, that's actually a lot cheaper than I thought it would be. I'm curious, am I still pretty poor at 72 gold? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, like, you can make a comfortable living if you were not an adventurer. Adventuring shit is just expensive. You know you can double the money that we do? You have more than us combined, probably. No, probably, actually, no, we're just about the same combined as you are, by self. No, actually, you have more than us combined. Tucker's got deep pockets. I do keep trying to keep everything I can get. You know, like baby wolf pelts and Jesus. the gold that Gork gave us for a drink at Seder Box. Oh, yeah. You're being very frugal about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any questions, concerns? Did you guys see this coming by chance, the Ivan thing? No. I had forgotten. God damn it. <laughs> no. Oh my god, wait, no, there was something that was so fucking funny to me. You know when you guys were in that secret room at Bountiful Harvest Alehouse? Yeah. The fucking thing on the table was a fucking Widow's Embrace flower without the fucking petals. I kept on saying that it looked suspicious to you guys. And that Davina, like to Davina, I was like, well, it looks like some kind of special flower. You guys never asked about it. It was a widow. It was literally the widow. So you guys literally went to the park, found the widow's embrace flower, went to him, and then brought him the widow's embrace flower right at the table where he had trimmed off the flower. Oh, or that I was staring at that the whole time. You were. I was like, real dense. And then we went. What? He said a special flower, and we we're like, oh cool, Ivan's got a special flower on his table. He fancy. <laughs> We just trusted him so much. Do you guys realize how insane that was to me now, though? I was just like, they're not going to, like, ask about it or, or anything? So, I know that we got stolen from, right? Yeah, he took um, it. Did he take everything that I had? Because I had, like, multiple components yeah, of the flowers. Yeah, he took everything. I literally rolled, and it was, like, a 32. Oh, my god! So, I had a fan check. I see. Wow. He could so have no matter taken what, everything I would have had. had to get a nat 20 yeah. to not get stolen from. Yeah. What did he steal from me? Oh, he just, he just took uh, whatever Widow's Embrace components were from all of you guys. Oh, okay. so whoever had whatever, he took all of it. Oh, that's right, because I was holding the I was holding the flower, I think, or like the thorns the or something. Yeah, made for me. Yeah, but yeah, no. Um, this is uh, this is phase two of the story. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, um, my thought too is with this formatting, you guys will still be able to do like adventuring shit while also uh, doing some more plot stuff. So you guys can continue grabbing bounties and stuff, but also um, when it call when it's called for, it we'll be able to do plot stuff more easily. Though I feel like it'll go a lot more seamlessly. I like this, though. I'm afraid at some point he's going to tell us kill Gorg. Yeah, you can't really call them bounties anymore when they're assassinated. No, no, no. I meant the bounties like for Mogren. Ooh. Those are separate. Right. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get something out of killing this kid and then leaving while being in bushes the whole time. Mm. Glory or anything like that. It, I'm not even supposed to be seen. Yeah. There's no glory in that. <laughs> um, I think we will end it there. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us at the After Hours Adventures podcast. Um, we hope that you have a little bit more left in that drink of yours to join us for one final cheers. That was very loud. What? (laughs) You never heard that? No. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Have a wonderful evening, night, morning, day. I don't know. Woo! Bye! Told you guys you guys would get coitals. I can fly now. This item is exactly what I wanted.